Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Groover. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm so excited to be your co-host, Kathy Groover. And I'm Jason Mefford. And today we have a fun episode for you because... You know, there, there's a movie called Horrible Bosses. Have you, you've seen that, right, Kathy? Oh, huge Jason Bateman fan. I've okay. absolutely seen Horrible that, Bosses. Yes. That, is, that is a fabulous movie. And I love to, you know, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston always played like the, the cutesy kind of girl, you know, in Friends. And this movie was like a totally, <laughs> totally different role for her. Yep. But it was one of those where, you know, you're just laughing. And I think it... It's so funny because so many of us can relate to working for horrible bosses, yep. okay? So I guess the question to start off is, hmm, some of those horrible bosses don't actually realize they're horrible bosses. <laughs> so the question could be is, are you being a horrible boss? Wait, me? Not you, I'm just oh, talking oh. in general. Of course you're not. And of course, I'm not, right? (laughs) But anyway, so thought we'd talk a little bit today about leadership because I think it's, um, you know, especially working a lot in the corporate world, um, really since the Second World War, corporate America has been military command and control kind of leadership, okay? It's beating people with a stick. It's, uh, you know, instilling the fear of God in them that if they don't do everything right, they're going to get into trouble. And what we have seen is that is a broken model and no longer works. In fact, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about this and, uh, you know, they were saying, yeah, you know, especially younger people, they don't just listen because you have a title well duh (laughs) we never should have been right so so thought we'd talk a little bit about that and how you know leadership is really when when I teach this to people at first they're kind of like huh why are we talking about this because what I'll tell you is leadership is an inside out game it happens from the inside out so we'll go through and talk a little bit about that but you know, Kathy, I'm sure you've probably worked with some people over time that have had some of those uh, personality traits, right? Yeah. And are they very effective? <laughs> you know what? I have to say, it depends on who you're leading. Mm-hmm. Because there are some people that really simply just want to follow. They want to have orders barked at them and they want to be a yes man. And they just sort of go with that. I think that model is fading. And I think we can thank the millennials for that because they're so into work-life balance. They're so into culture, uh, you know, the work culture. They're so into consciousness. And there was some ad I just saw on TV. I don't remember what the ad was for. It was for a product. But at the end of it, they said, we're expanding nationwide and we are hiring. We offer great wages, great benefits, flexible work schedule, enhanced work culture. And I was like, what it was the first time i have ever heard a company saying we're going to give you good culture and i thought wow this is 
this is the shift. And that comes from the leadership that comes from who's in charge and it trickles down to everybody else. So it not only comes inside out, it comes from the top down. Uh, and I think we have to remember that too. And are there some like old school people that seriously just want to have orders barked and go, yes, yes, yes. Sure. I think that's a breed that's dying out though. So I think we have to start to convert to what people's mentality and what people's uh, you know affinity is now for how they'd like to be led. Well, it is. I think it is. Like you said, it's dying out. And I guess one thing before we before we get into it too very far, right, is, you know, you're right. Some people prefer to be led by somebody who is kind of barking orders at them. Some people like that. Some leaders, that is their personality more, right? That's just the kind of person that they are. Yep. They feel more comfortable with that. Yep. Where, where the struggle comes in, and I see this with lots of people, is a lot of leaders don't want to be the person barking orders, but that's all they've ever been taught. True. That's what they're expected to do, and it eats, it, it kills them on the inside, right? Because they know that what they're doing is being manipulative, it's using fear, it's using coercion, and they hate themselves for doing that to other people. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I work a lot with leaders, executive leaders, and I've seen this over and over again, where when you feel like that, right, that's that cognitive dissonance that we've mm -hmm. talked about before, right, is you're acting in a way that's not in alignment with who you are. Yeah. And anytime we act in a way that is not in alignment with who we are, it kills us on the inside. We feel guilty. We feel ashamed, yep. right? All of these, all of these uh, negative emotions that we shouldn't be feeling, we're feeling those things. Yeah. Right. And so it's time, you know, in, in, in my opinion, <laughs> and my opinion really counts by the way. Right. That does. It does that, yeah. that it's time for us to just quit using that old broken model yeah. and actually embrace being, you know, an authentic leader that actually leads with love. Right. There's a word you normally don't hear in corporate America leadership, but with love yeah, and that we persuade and influence people instead of trying to coerce them. We're not yeah. using a stick to beat on them. We're using rewards and carrots. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah, go. Well, well I was going to say, and I love that. And to that point, the, one of the signs of a good leader is adaptability. And you need to be able to lead different people. If you have one of those like old school people who want that, then you have to do that for them. They're going to see you coming at them with kindness and love and be so confused. That you, you know, like, what, are you, what are you complimenting me for? Just no, I'm not going to let you give me a hug. What are you yeah, talking no, about? No, no, no. Ah, ah. uh, so, but you have to be able to lead each team, each person, each individual, because we can't change anybody else. Oh, if we could, we have to adapt our styles to fit those people that we're interacting with and then hopefully bring them along. So I love what you're saying about, you know, shifting your leadership style, because if that's what the, the employees, the staff, the team needs, you have to be able to provide that for them. Yeah. Well, and that bringing them along, right? Because you're NLP trained. <clears throat> so you understand about rapport, right? And, mm -hmm. and most people do not, which is one of the reasons why I teach what I call neural influence, 
right? Using some of those techniques from NLP to help that leader be adaptable, bring people along with them by using some little Jedi or ninja tricks, right? That's really kind of what NLP is in a way. Absolutely. Once you learn it, then you understand how to ask questions, how to use your body language, how to use your voice, um, other things like that to get people to come along and really get them to realize, you know, or come to the, the, the change or the decision on their own. Yeah. Right? So that they end up, there's no resistance because they believe, and really it is their own decision on what they end up doing. Yeah. So, you know, and, and again, this comes back to, you know, anybody can go read a leadership book, read all the books you want. It ain't going to help you be a better leader right? It might give you some ideas, but really leadership is more about being the leader. Yeah. And, and I think we've kind of talked before about, you know, one thing that I tell people a lot is, especially if they're experiencing like resistance or some kind of negative, mm-hmm. what we would consider a negative behavior from somebody is pick up the mirror. Okay. Because most of the time, people are just mirroring back what we are giving off. Yep. Right? You're not in your head, right? So, yep. so if somebody's being a horse's butt, well, guess what? You're probably being a horse's butt too, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so to help change that person or change the situation, we have to work on changing ourselves first. Yep. I was just going to say that. And, and so often I love to hold the mirror up because yeah, so often what triggers us of, Oh, I can't say when they do that. It's something that we don't like it ourselves. <laughs> it's triggering actually a re- reaction in ourselves because we see that too. And you know, we do that too. And we don't like that to some degree or another. And the other thing you're talking about, you know, changing ourselves, we have to be present. And what I talk about presence in leadership, because if you're not truly present with what the people around you need, with what they're saying, if you're not listening, if you're not actually hearing them, you know, you could do the active listening thing of, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but if you're daydreaming or finishing their <laughs> sentence or thinking about lunch or go, like, I went to go home and play games with my kids, you know, then you're not actually present. And if you're not present, you're not going to be getting all the input that you need to be a better leader. So it's about presence. It's about listening. And it's about really taking a sometimes hard look at yourself to say, why is that triggering me? What in myself does that bring up? Yeah. Well, and it, you know, in that of kind of being um, present, and kind of feeling or knowing what what the other people are experiencing you know some people talk about or use the term emotional intelligence well that's that's part of it right but but you can only be emotionally intelligent if you're present and you're actually picking up on what is actually going on now the one thing about i talk about emotional intelligence but i don't use that as a term like so many people do. I, I like intuitive leadership instead. Nice. But it's um, there, there's a couple of, of misconceptions with emotional intelligence, which is, the, I think the first biggest one is most people think, yep, I'm going to learn how to be more emotionally intelligent so I can control other people's emotions. Yes, there is there is a piece to that. You know, but again, if you go back, read Dan Goldman's book, you know, look at some of the stuff that's out there. 
there's really about five steps to or stages, you know, things are related to emotional mm -hmm. intelligence. Four of the five are about you. <laughs> Only one <laughs> is about, you know, identifying and understanding the emotions in others. Yeah. So it really does all start with ourself. You know, and there's that whole thing. I don't know if you if you ever got taught this, but if I point to you, Kathy, what am I doing? I'm pointing three fingers back to me. Yeah. Right. So every time you point, we're actually pointing more to ourself. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why we should start with ourself. But that's well. hard, Jason. It is hard. So for somebody that that is maybe raised in an environment that was, you know hard-ass leadership and you know that sort of drilled into you militant military sort of thing how do you start to shift that is it just awareness that that's even what it is and then you start to change from there i mean for someone who's stuck in that old-fashioned way of leadership that needs to change how do you even begin with that person well the first part is is some awareness right because again and, and unless we're aware we don't know <laughs> Right. And but but if we stop at awareness, then we all we all we then do all right. All yeah. we do is feel guilty at that point, right? We're aware, but we're not doing anything about it. That leads to more guilt and shame. Yeah. But once you become aware of it, then you just you need help. Okay. Yeah. And and like you said it's hard to do leadership the right way because it takes work on your part right that's that's why i run a program where it's teaching people concepts having them practice the concepts right because until we actually practice and incorporate it we're not going to actually learn it and change and do yeah. things different yeah. and so you know that's part of it and and you know one of it I'm not going to lie to you. It's hard uh, at first, right? Just sure. like anything else is hard, right? At yeah. first, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. Mm -hmm. Now I'll tell you, you know, because that, that point too is most leaders are lazy. Okay. And, and what do I mean by that? It's very easy to pick up a stick and sure. beat people to get them to do something. Yep. It's easy to do that. Yep. And so that's why so many people actually will default back to that, right? Because it's easier to do in the short term. Yeah. But the minute you quit beating people with the stick, what happens? You've lost it, right? And that's the whole difference between external based power versus internal based power as well, right? Yeah. So leaders that are doing the command and control that are beaten with the stick that are using fear, that's external power, using your title, wearing, you know, a uniform, it might not be a uniform, but maybe it's a, you know, a, a custom suit, right? Mm -hmm. um, those external strappings yep. don't last long, you know, so again, pick any, any favorite dictator from history. <laughs> Oh, what would my favorite be? Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of a Napoleon girl, I think. Are you Napoleon? Okay, so again, oh, yeah. Napoleon, right? <laughs> you know, Hitler, Stalin, I don't, it doesn't matter, yeah, right? Yeah. And there's lots of people that you can point to, but, but as an example, most of the classic dictators use external power. 
Sure. They use fear to stay in control. And they're narcissists. And, you know, we've, we've mentioned narcissists. I think we should do an entire show on narcissists and narcissistic personality disorder, but they don't think they're doing anything wrong. No. And that's the challenge with that. And I think we're speaking to those leaders who want to be better, not the ones who are just so filled with ego and narcissism that they, they can't even see that there's anything real. Narcissists don't point like that. They point like that. Everything's about other people. They can't admit yeah. that anything's wrong that they would have possibly just everybody else. It's the only way they can soothe their own ego and and stop the, from feeling so shameful. So we're not necessarily talking about that. No, but, but, to, yeah. but, but to people that again, because like you said, unless you actually recognize it or acknowledge it to begin with, you don't know to change, right? But once sure. you can do that, then it's like, okay, would you rather be one of those dictator kind of leaders or would yeah. you rather be an internal power leader? Absolutely. So again, some great examples of that would be people like Gandhi, mm -hmm. you know, Nelson Mandela, right? Yeah. Okay, so that gives you the dichotomy of, you know, on the far ends of the scale. So now decide which yeah. kind of leader do you want to be? Yeah. And so a lot of the whole ideas of servant leadership, some of these different terms that have come up over time, that's more what the internal power focused leader is like. Yeah. And, and so if you want the long-term results, you got to do the work. But, you know, what that means too, is that the people that work with you and for you love you, they will follow you into battle, you know, um, yeah. figuratively speaking, right. To pull sure. in the military metaphor again, but um, there's so much more satisfaction from being a leader, working with people who respect and love each other, yeah, than being a leader who is feared. Right, sure. Because it gives you that feeling of wanting to be there, mm -hmm. of freedom of choice, of that autonomy, as opposed to, well, I guess I better do that or I'm gonna get yelled at. You know, it, it's it's about cooperation and working as a team as opposed to just being ordered about and being miserable and unhappy and resentful. And, you know, that's when mistakes happen and you don't have that loyalty. You don't have that people come back again and again. You know, you have high turnover. It costs you more money. You've got to keep training people. It's it benefits you to be a conscious leader. Well, it does. And it's it's so much easier in the long run to do it, too. Right. That cognitive dissonance that we talked about yeah. at the beginning, that goes away. Right. The resistance from people. OK, you're always going to have some resistance, but it's going to be less right because all of a sudden you're not going to get as much pushback from people but also you know i mean just from a general kind of satisfaction standpoint watching people grow watching people flourish in their job or their career that work with you that's where the gold is in leadership and you don't get to feel that the other side but when yeah. you take that that inside out approach, you really do get to actually feel that as well. You feel like you're actually making a change and doing good in this world. And there is nothing like having that joy and gratitude feeling of doing yeah. that. I agree. Well, what a good conversation, as always. <laughs> so that's what we were talking about today. So again, I mean, if you're... If you're the narcissistic dictator, you're, you're probably going, these people are full of shit. Okay, yeah. well, move on.
Yeah. Right. But if, but if, <laughs> stop, flip through yeah. to the next one, go to the next one. But if you're one of those people, again, that wants to um, actually become a better leader, more internally focused, more loving, more, you know, all of the stuff that we've been talking about, then you can do it. Yeah. Right. There's, there's ways to do it. Reach out, let me know. Uh, but there's, there's ways to do it. There's skills you can learn, um, little tools that you add to your toolbox um, that will make your life much, much easier. Yeah. And the life easier of those people around you. And when they're happy, happy employees are better employees, right? So. More productive and they're more profitable, right? As well. There's been a lot of studies on both of those. Yeah. Yep. Well, at the end of the day, the money catches up to it. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yay. What a great conversation. How can people reach you, Jason? Well, they can reach me on my website, jasonmefford.com. I've never heard that before. <laughs> they can <Yeah>. find <laughs> me there. And, uh, you know, we're always on LinkedIn, Facebook, yeah. wherever. I mean, I'm any place. Type my name in Google and you're going to find me. Uh, it's pretty easy to find me and just reach out and I'll let you know next steps, what you can do. Yeah. Oh, I love this conversation. Leadership is so important. And even if you're not leading a team, even, like I don't have employees, but I still need to be a good leader when I'm coaching, when I'm dealing with people out in the society and community. So it, it, it affects everybody. So I'm Kathy well, Groot. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say all of us are leaders. Yeah. Whether you have people under you or not, because it's personal as well as business related. Absolutely. Leadership. Yeah. I completely agree. Cool. I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. Go out, have a great week, and start becoming a better leader. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. See ya. See ya.